Well, good morning, church. Here we are again, another snow day on Sabbath. But I hope that you're staying warm and at least we're able to come together digitally when we have to close the church building. And so I'm just going to dive right into this. The sermon today is entitled, A Royal Priesthood Called and Chosen. And last week, we looked at the fact that one of the Bible's earliest themes is that of God's royal priests. Adam and Eve were tasked with representing God in the Garden of Eden, which was a place full of life, abundance, and God's blessings. But humanity was deceived by evil, and that was followed by their exilement from the Garden. And so humans forfeited their calling as the royal priesthood. But last week, we also looked at God's promise that one of their descendants would be an even better priest, the ultimate high priest who would defeat evil and intervene on humanity's behalf to restore the blessings of Eden. This descendant would be a royal priest like Melchizedek, who Abraham met in Jerusalem. And he'd also be like Moses and the priestly figure that he saw on Mount Sinai. He'd also be like David and the priestly king that David called my Lord in Psalm 110. And all of these figures lead to Jesus, the ultimate high priest, the one who suffered and died for a failed humanity so that we could be restored to our original calling as royal priests. A little more than a month after Jesus's resurrection, his disciples, they watched him ascend into the skies. And this was the fulfillment of Israel's hopes and Jesus's story. He was exalted into the heavenly temple as the cosmic high priest. And we also saw last week that the heavenly temple was the blueprint for the earthly temple. Yes, Jesus went to heaven to, in his own words, prepare a place for us. He said that in John 14. But that's not just about building our forever homes. It's also about carrying out his role as our high priest, our heavenly high priest. Hebrews 8, 1 and 2, it says, Now this is the main point of the things we are saying. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in the heavens a minister of the sanctuary and of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected and not man. And this, dear friends, is why we can have the assurance of salvation because Jesus himself always lives to intercede for us. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore he is able to save to the uttermost those who come to God through him since he always lives to make intercession for them. Now, before ascending into heaven, Jesus also told his followers something else. 
He told them to wait for God's promise of his presence. And I think that we can all agree that waiting isn't fun. It's typically very hard. And all of the, after all of the excitement Jesus' followers had just been through, I imagine that they were ready to move, not wait. But one of the truths that I have found in this life is that oftentimes good things come to those who wait. Patience is a virtue for a reason. Acts 1.4, it says, And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father. And then Acts 2, verses 1 and 2, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. So during this Jewish festival in Jerusalem, God's spirit comes down to them like they're each many temples to be filled with God's spirit, God's very presence. It continues into verses three and four. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. So in the same way that God took up residency in the wilderness tabernacle and later the earthly temple, now God wants to dwell among the followers of Jesus. And their bodies, our bodies, are the temples. The apostle Peter, one of those who was there on that day at Pentecost, he later put it like this, 1 Peter 2, verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And then in verse 9, but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So here they are, all together, in one accord, in unity, as God's temple. They're also reclaiming that lost calling, that that, that lost calling from God that humanity gave up in the Garden of Eden. This call to represent him and to rule the world on his behalf. The Holy Spirit is restoring the life and blessings of Eden to the people of Christ. Yes, these people aren't priests. Uh, that's clear. They're, they're fishermen and merchants, soldiers and slaves, the poor and the destitute. They're tax collectors and tent makers. They work in the world, not in temples. And yet they talked and behaved as if they were priests. 
They believed Jesus was the cosmic high priest, ruling all of heaven and earth as his temple, and they saw themselves as extensions of Jesus here on earth. They made up the body of Christ. What a beautiful image, a beautiful image. But what exactly does it look like? What is its application in action? It was the same spirit doing things in new ways. So if you went to the temple in Jerusalem back in the first century, you'd hear the priestly choir singing poetry that honored God and that told the story of his infinite love. Music was seen as a bridge between heaven and earth. Then we see the early Christians writing and singing new songs about Jesus as part of their priestly calling. Priests, they also surrendered everything over to God through their sacrifices. And so the followers of Jesus, they started giving themselves their time, their money, their energy. They started giving these things away to serve those in need those who needed it most. And it was pleasing in God's eyes. We read in Hebrews 13, 16, but do not forget to do good and to share. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. Doing good works and sharing, while they do not earn us salvation, they do bring joy to the heart of God plus to both those who give and who receive. There are blessings all around. We shouldn't downplay or forget the importance of being the hands and feet of Jesus in our daily lives while we live in this sinful world. So the, the same spirit in, in new ways. Priests also used to intercede on behalf of others through their blessings and through their prayers, advocating for the needs of everyone. And this is to continue through Jesus's followers. And it's the reason that the Apostle Paul said the following to the Christians in Rome. This is Romans 12.1. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Jesus offered his life in the ultimate act of love. And so his followers are to surrender themselves to each other and to those who are in need. We are called to bear one another's burdens. Bear one another's burdens. This is the royal priesthood Jesus style. 
when people imitate Jesus, the royal high priest, they become a new humanity living in a way that unites heaven and earth. And hopefully now you can see, you've you've gotten a glimpse that the whole Bible is one unified story about a royal priesthood that's lost its way. But then God promised to raise up a royal priest who would give his life to restore us. And then how the stories of Abraham and Moses and David all point forward to this promised priestly king. It all led to Jesus, our great high priest, our savior who suffered and died on our behalf to restore us to our calling. And this is why the closing pages of the Bible, they focus in on a vision of a renewed and reunited heaven on earth where humans serve and rule as God's royal priests forever. This is our future as lovers of God and followers of Jesus. But in the meantime, we've been tasked with building God's kingdom here on earth. And how do we do that? How do we do that? By spreading the good news of salvation and by being the hands and feet of Jesus. How that all plays out, it might look very different from Christian to Christian, but I strongly believe that God, he just wants a willing heart. Someone who's saying, Lord, I'm here. Use me how you please. Lord, I don't know exactly what to do, but I'm willing to follow you. Lord, I might not have all the skills. I might not have all the answers, but I'm willing to answer your call, knowing and trusting that you will fill me with your spirit. You'll give me what I need. You'll lead me in the direction that you want me to go. Are you willing, dear friends, to commit yourself to him and to kingdom work? And that's kingdom with a capital K. Are you willing to allow God to use you in the ways that he sees fit? To use your specific gifts and talents for his glory and for the good of others? 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. We've been chosen. We've been made a royal priesthood. We are God's precious possession We've been called out of darkness. And so my prayer is that corporately and 
individually. We make the daily decision to allow God's spirit into our lives, into our very hearts, so that we can then go out and be lights in the world, spreading God's good news and growing his kingdom through our words and actions that are blessed and sanctified by his Holy Spirit. That is my prayer. And I hope, dear friends, that that is your prayer as well. And if it is, then I ask that you would just join me as we take this to God. That we give him allowance to do what's necessary in our lives. That we give him the opportunity to use us for his name's sake. Let us pray. Our loving, gracious, heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for Jesus. Last week, we saw the fact that Jesus is our high priest. That he showed us while he was on this earth what it looks like to play the role of priest, but that he's, he's still fulfilling his role in the heavenly courts. Lord, we thank you for his sacrifice. We thank you that the blood of Jesus is the world's most powerful stain remover. But Lord, we aren't just thankful in our words, but we want to show you through our actions. So Lord, we give you permission to come into our lives, to fill us with your spirit, to change our hearts, to give us new eyes, to give us new minds that we would see people the way that Jesus sees people, that we would treat people the way that Jesus treated people, that we would speak words that bring glory and honor to your name. Lord, you've called us out of darkness. Help us to be bright, shining lights for your glory in our communities. Help us to be the hands and feet of Jesus to those that are in need. Lord, help us to live our lives, to give our lives as living sacrifices so that we may build your kingdom and that our words, our actions, our thoughts may be pleasing in your sight. Lord, we want to be a part of your royal priesthood. Give us what we need to accomplish that task. Lord, we love you. And we ask that you would help this to be our experience because we ask it all in the precious name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Well, dear friends, I hope that you have a fantastic rest of the day and rest of the weekend. Stay warm and don't get out on the roads unless you really have to. Sometimes God calls us to take a break, to take a rest. In a day like today on the Sabbath, maybe it's your time to experience that Sabbath rest and the refreshing that comes with it. Be blessed, dear friends, and I'll see you soon.